Thanks for joining us for the Bread of Life. We are convinced that the Bible is God's holy word, perfect and without error. Its perfection delivers what is good and beneficial for those who hear it and heed it. It is perfect for it leads us to the perfect one, the Lord Jesus. He is the bread of life. Let us seek him together through God's word. Now here's our teacher, Joel Van Hoogen. We're considering 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 27 through 32. Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. There is sin among them that is actually causing some to become sick and even die prematurely. The moral and spiritual failings of the people have an impact on their physical health. And so we find a clue that our bodies and our spirits are connected. Spiritual and physical health have some overlap among God's people. This sickness was because the people in Corinth were not Paul says, considering the body of Christ. Let's take time now to understand what Paul meant by this and apply it to our lives. God is promising here to give health and life to our bodies in the here and now as we serve and live for Him and as we let the Spirit of God lead us and guide us. Along this line of thinking, this passage is really illustrating this truth, that there is this interconnectedness between the spiritual health of an individual and the physical health of an individual. In this passage, there's sin that's taking place. There's discord that's taking place. And this spiritual discord is not without an impact, not without an effect. God is chastening these discordant lives with sickness and even with early death. They're being, in a sense, taken out of the place in which they are able to live for God and serve Him, express the life that He gives to them. The converse, by the way, I think is if they had lived in harmony with one another and if they had lived submissive to the Holy Spirit with one another, that the general expectation would be not progressive ongoing sickness, but health and vitality and strength for the length of their days until God was ready to call them home. He gives strength to their dying bodies. Their mortal bodies is the idea. He quickens, he gives life to their dying bodies, their mortal bodies as they serve them. Let's, let's transition now and look here. Let's understand what the reason is for this discord and also this toll that's being taken place on the physical health of some of those in the church. And the reason for this discord is actually explained to us, and it's more full than this, but let's just focus on this part in 1 Corinthians verse 11, verse 29. Here Paul says that the ultimate reason for this taking place is because they've moved away from the point of correction in their lives, the point at which their spirits are living in harmony with one another and their spirits and their bodies are harmonized according to God's will. And it's this, they're not discerning, he says, the body of our Lord. Do you see that there? They're not discerning the body of our Lord. As a result, they're eating and drinking this meal unworthily. There's something abusive that's going on here. Actually, there's a disagreement by the various commentators on what Paul exactly means by not discerning the body. Some believe that he's saying that these Christians are not fully thinking through and discerning the physical body of Christ that was symbolized in the bread and the wine of the Lord's table. They weren't appreciating Jesus Christ for who he was and what he had done in his physical body on their behalf. Others have said that what they're not discerning, what they're not taking into consideration is the spiritual body of Christ. That's the church. The members of the body of Christ, as they gather together, they're neglecting and they're not caring and they're not discerning for or considering one another, the spiritual body of Christ. Actually, I've mentioned this to you before, but 
usually when both ideas work and they don't contradict one another, both ideas work and they don't contradict one another. So look, let's look at this for just a second. Let's consider first that they're not discerning the person, the personal body of Jesus Christ as they come before this table. They're failing to consider the wonder of all that Christ offered them in giving up for them His body and sacrifice for their sins. They're not grateful for the life that Christ offers to them in His own body to partake of and live off of and to be their sustaining force. They're not comprehending or appreciating the moral glory of the life that Christ lived on their behalf. Maybe that's the idea. God created man. And God created man for his own pleasure. And when God created man, God said over man, he said this over every measure of his creation, but you can almost hear it reverberating most fully as he creates man because he created man last to be set in this place that he had made to be good. And he said of man, it's good. And God took pleasure in man. And he walked with man in the garden. God made man, God made woman, God made us for his pleasure, but man sinned. And when man sinned, man robbed God of the pleasure God would take in him. Very shortly after the story of creation, we come to Genesis 6-6, the story of the flood in which God brings a destruction upon those he created. In Genesis 6-6, it says God repented or God regretted that he made man on the earth and that it grieved him to his heart. The picture is that because of man's sin, God is not taking pleasure in man anymore. God no longer took pleasure in the one that he had created in his own image. But then our Lord Jesus came and he put upon himself the body that God had made for us. And the Lord Jesus lived in that body a perfect, happy, dependent, obedient life to God the Father. And just before the Lord Jesus went to the cross to present that body on our behalf to the Father, the Father spoke of him in Matthew chapter 17, verse 5, out of heaven. And he said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Think about that. God took pleasure in the Lord Jesus. Think about that. Listen. When the Lord Jesus offered up his body upon the cross, he laid down a morally beautiful and sinless sacrifice to God that was pleasing to him. He laid down this pleasing life and body in the place of our marred and sinful life and God-grieving life and body in our place. And in that moment, as Jesus offered up his own pleasing life in our behalf, he also offered up that pleasing life to us. He offered up that we might come into that life and know that life and partake of that life. And as a result, you know what it means? God can take pleasure in you. And God can take pleasure in me. And he does. He not only said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, but when I believe in Jesus Christ and I receive his life and I embrace him, I become one of God's beloved sons. Because of the body and life of Jesus Christ, I can please God. I can live for his glory. I can honor him with my body. In this body, because of the holy, happy, 
perfect humanity that Jesus Christ lived and offered up to the Father and offers up to us, it's represented in this meal. These individuals who are living discordant lives are failing to discern and understand the basis upon which they bring pleasure to the Father. It's completely and wholly and a Savior gave himself up to redeem us spirit and body. Many of these very individuals were actually coming with this idea that since God had delivered me spiritually, I can do whatever I want to do with my body. I can live any way I want. They're separate from one another. No, no. God's going to let that body become ravaged because of your sin. He's going to let sickness and destruction come upon it with that kind of idea. I've rescued you in order that I might present you spirit and body to myself through the body of Jesus Christ offered for us. So how do we discern properly or consider the body of our Lord Jesus? Well, we're told here that we, we remember. We remember the life that he lived in that body and the life that he offers up for us and to us through it. We remember that Jesus didn't just give us his body as a sacrifice for our sins, but he gave us his body as the sustenance for our lives. We remember him. And by the way, you can only remember somebody that you know. Did you know that? You can only remember somebody that you know. You cannot remember someone that you have never personally met or encountered. The person who has never received Jesus Christ as Savior, has never embraced Him by faith, has never had Christ by the Holy Spirit come and live and indwell their own bodies and reside within them, cannot remember Him. They cannot remember anything that He's done for them. You cannot remember somebody that you don't know that you haven't walked with and talked with and met and seen and heard. Nobody gets around together and says, you know, you remember good old George Washington? Remember the time that George, we don't say that. His contemporaries could say that. Nobody says, you know, I just remember when Abe Lincoln, no, you can't say that. If a guy's saying that, he's wacky. He's out of his mind. He's trying to impress you too much. He's not being accurate whatsoever. Can't remember someone you don't know. Remember Jesus, we're being told. Remember how he lived for you, how he died for you, how he came to you, how he offered you his life. Remember how he gave you himself to sustain you as food to eat and live by. There are a lot of individuals, it's taking places in churches all over the country, who are retelling stories of Jesus Christ from the New Testament. And... To some extent, they think that they're remembering the things that he did. But all they can do is talk about what Christ did and the miracles that he fulfilled and the things that he accomplished. And really, all they can do is reference and recollect historical notes from the past that they were never involved in. But if you've received Christ as your Savior and he abides and lives within you, you do not merely say, we do not merely say that Jesus healed the sick. We say Jesus heals the sick. We don't say Jesus had compassion on people. We say Jesus has compassion on people. We don't just say Jesus died and rose again. We say Jesus died for me and lives for and with and in me today. For we know that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we don't remember accounts of Jesus. We remember the accounts and we remember in the accounts Christ. We remember Him. We don't remember the accounts. We remember Him. And the accounts, He is to us everything. 
in this hour, in this moment. So, don't lose sight of Christ. Discern Him. Remember Him in everything. And by the way, if you look at this and you honestly know, you honestly know, I can't remember Jesus. I have no recollection of Him in my life. What it means is you've never, never, no matter what your faith is and what you intellectually believe and how much you're trying to somehow adjust your life to spiritual truths, it means you've never repented of your sin and asked Jesus to come and live and abide within you as Savior and Lord. But you can. You can. You can this hour. And then, when you do... You'll come to this table where the bread represents his body and the cup represents his blood shed for you. And in that moment, you can remember Jesus for yourself. You can remember him and all that he's done for you. Your life of holy and wonderful remembrance, of memorializing Christ for who he is, will be granted to you. Well, here's another transition for us here, just a moment. It's this, when we fail to remember Christ, to discern his life and his body set out for us, our lives fall into discord with Christ, and they fall into discord with those who claim a relationship with Christ. When we remember Jesus and his ways, his way with us, and how he changes us, and how he walks with us, we find that he works to change us in the way in which we walk with others. Thanks for listening to The Bread of Life, brought to you by the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho, and the International Missions Organization Church Partnership Evangelism. To learn more about our work abroad and how you can support the advance of the gospel through the equipping of believers in evangelism, discipleship, and church planting, go to cpeonline.org. Until the next time, God bless you.